You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo, the host of the podcast and the publisher of HoistTheColors.net. Very excited about today's episode of the HTC podcast. going to be a little different than maybe some of our past episodes. Of course, we've had former players on before. We've had current student-athletes before on the podcast in more of a formal interview setting This will be our first time as part of the Team Boneyard NIL initiative where we bring on players in partnership with Team Boneyard. For those that are unfamiliar, and you might be listening to our podcast, hearing hearing about Team Boneyard for the first time, well, that is the NIL collective that East Carolina fans and donors can give to. Uh, You can go to teamboneyard.org to read more information on how to give. You can do monthly contributions, one-time contributions. You can... Leave it up to Team Boneyard how to distribute your funds, or you can earmark it for a specific sport. In this case, we are taking um, some of the funds that have been given to Team Boneyard and redistributing that to some of the football players that will join us on today's podcast that have been, you know, given some funds from donors out there. And we are going to be joined by East Carolina defensive backs, Jaira Wilson, as well as Teak and Wilk. Of course, both those guys are actually playing the same position now in this secondary at safety. We're also going to be joined by third-year tight end Shane Calhoun on today's podcast. All three guys are going to be big-time contributors for the Pirates this year. Really, all three have been important contributors in the past couple of years and have played a big role in the turnaround of the program under head coach Mike Houston. So again, check out teamboneyard.org for more information. If you'd like to give to the initiative to support ECU's efforts with the name, image, likeness, uh, initiative. I think it's important. Uh, I've spoken about it at length that ECU has a presence for NIL this day and age where so many teams, not only around the region, but in ECU's own conference are ponying up to support these players and in different ways outside of the usual cost of attendance and scholarships. So uh, I definitely wanted to recognize the three individuals we're having on today because they are, I think, have potential to grow into difference-making players if they not are, are not already for the Pirates. But also, maybe they don't get highlighted as much as your usual star players. Of course, we all know Holton Aylers, Keaton Mitchell, 
Rajay Harris, etc. So excited about today's episode. We will start with our interview with Jaira Wilson. First, just wanted to say, um, had to record this interview on my phone, so it's not going to sound as crisp. I actually took my audio recorder and left the SD card, of course, because I'm an idiot. So um, I edited the audio as much as possible for clarity, but uh, you know, it won't sound as clear as what you're hearing on my in-studio mic right now. But either way, I uh, really enjoyed these interviews. Went several minutes with uh, Jaira Wilson. We'll start with him. He is a redshirt junior, eligibility-wise. It's actually his fifth year in the program. Has ranked near the top of the defense in tackles the last few years. He's played safety. He's played some Sam linebacker, some nickel. So he's done a little bit of everything this year. He's back at safety, and we talk about that, plus his journey to East Carolina. Here is Jaira Wilson. I'm joined now by Jaira Wilson. He is an East Carolina DB. Jaira, uh, thanks for joining the, the Hoist of Colors podcast Uh part of the Team Boneyard Initiative. I uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Jaira, uh, you've been here four years. You're a redshirt junior, but you still got two years of eligibility to play due to COVID. You know, you've been here a while. How, how would you maybe compare and contrast this preseason versus maybe past year preseasons? Um, talking about just camp or like just everything? Camp and the vibe, that sort of stuff. Well, the vibe's different this year because we have expectations for not only ourselves, but from uh, all the fans and stuff outside, like coming from this, coming off the season we just had last year, it's, it's like a big buzz around town now. People are expecting big things from us. We expect big things from ourselves, and we've been our mindset's a little different than what it's been in the past because we know after last season we know what we're capable of and that we know what it takes to to uh, like kind of break through and win games. And also coming off some of the losses we had last year, some of the close losses we had, like Houston, UCF. We feel like we already feel like we should have been better than the seventy-five that we finished last year. So we're a lot more hungry now, and also getting a taste of what winning feels like. It's like it's like something. It's like addicting, pretty much. I, yeah, to put it in one word, it's like addicting. I remember talking to you last preseason, and and you were like, I don't want to say you were mad, but you were you you could tell you were frustrated with not having those wins. You were like, we're gonna make a bowl game, and you were kind of uh, you know you didn't mess around saying it. you were, you believed it. And do you feel like the belief you guys felt last year kind of made the difference? Because you guys have always had talent, but maybe finding that confidence, that belief made a difference. That's exactly what it was. Just confidence and having the switching mindset of, like, we're capable and we're telling ourselves we're going to manifesting that we're going to get this done was kind of been all the difference. Because in the past, it's been the, – the confidence just wasn't there in the past. And, like, the team – confidence as a team, we might have had – we've always had confidence uh, individually, but as a team, as a collective, the confidence – uh, wasn't there. It wasn't what we needed. The mindset wasn't there uh, to get those wins. When you look back at last year, that, that comeback win over Marshall, like that was almost the turning point in my mind. Do you agree with that? Just just finding a way to, to get that win and really finding a, a belief after that? I could say, I, would, I could agree with that because App State kind of hurt and then the way we lost South Carolina on the game winning field goal, that hurt too. And then being down, I think it was 17 to Marshall with like halfway through the fourth quarter, it was like I don't know about everybody else, but in my mind, it's like, it's like, damn, we fought a zero and three. It's kind of like, feels like it's like that's that's a big hole to uh, dig yourself out of. So I would say making that comeback was a big was a big turnaround for our season. I would say that's probably where it started. We're visiting with Jair Wilson. Jair, you've played a, a lot of different places defensively. You know, Sam linebacker, uh, safety. I know you're repping kind of at both spots now. Talk about your versatility in this defense because you know it well. You can play different positions. What goes into being able to do that? 
I would say just because me, I'm blessed physically. Like, I can run. I'm long. I have, I'm about 210. I have weight on me. So it's like I'm capable to do play safety, be on the back end, run with receivers and make plays and coverage. But I'm also big and strong enough to uh, play linebacker, get in the box and bl make blitzes, make plays in between the tackles and things like that. So I would say a lot of it has to do with my uh, athletic ability. And then also mentally, you have to, to play two positions, it's, it's a lot mentally. You have to know what's going on with a lot of the defense. Like playing Sam, you got to know how the uh, D-line and other linebackers are fitting. And also at, uh, playing bounty safety fitting, but you also being on the back and have to be able to communicate with the corner a lot more than what you do at Sam. So it's just knowing what everybody has to do pretty much. It is a lot mentally. Obviously, Blake Harrell, no stranger to sending some blitzes. So, obviously, you play a lot of coverage. You pl you do some run fits. But when you get that call that you get a chance to blitz, is that is that like a adrenaline rush, you know, because you're going to be bringing it 100, 100 miles an hour at the line of scrimmage? It is. I didn't do much blitzing, not in high school. I always play safety. And then my first couple of years here, until Coach Harrell got here, I never really blitzed a lot, to be honest. So, like, when he got here and I was playing Sam back in 2020, just getting that feel of blitzing, like, I never had a sack in my life until Coach Harrell, until Coach Harrell came was my defensive coordinator. And it is a great feel, like, knowing you're about to blitz and just hope. It's like the feeling of getting the sack, the way the crowd erupts and everything. It's a, it's one of the best feelings, like, best plays to make the football. So it is a bigger gem in the rush uh, when that play is called for me. We're visiting Jira, with Jaira Wilson. Jaira, let's go back to your recruitment. You went to Northside and Jacksonville. You had some other offers. What led you to East Carolina? I would say I liked the campus when I visited, the campus, the coaches. Kind of like when I came on my official and being around some of the uh, players, just like how the relationships they had, how connected they were, and also that it, it wasn't too far from home either. So my my dad's always able to come to all the games when he and stuff like that. So I would say that all kind of all that together was kind of kind of went into my decision of coming here. You feel like it, you know, five years later, going on five years, it, it was the right decision. I mean, did you ever think back to that moment? Uh, and obviously, that was a huge decision that affects so many guys in the recruiting process. No, I. You guys, if I regret it, that was, no. Like, do you feel like it was the right decision? Yeah, I do. I feel like it was. I definitely feel like it was the right decision. I've learned a lot since I've been here. Uh, this place has helped me mold myself into a man. And then, like you said, going from the adversity we dealt with the first couple of years, coaching changes, just all the losing to turning something around. It was. I. I've loved every minute that I've been here. Let's talk about. We were talking before. You're part of a military family. You know, grew up with both of your parents in the military. So, what was that like? Maybe moving around some as a as a kid and, and being part of that maybe discipline oriented household. Moving around a lot was. It was different. I could say, just really just adjusting, to, uh, having to make new friends, new schools. Like a lot of people don't know this. From fifth to tenth grade, I went to a different school every year. All sixth, seventh, eighth grade in the middle school. I went to a different middle school each year. Just a lot of moving, meeting a lot of new people. But that's probably why I'm so like family oriented, like how I am now. And I have two younger brothers, and we're all real close, obviously, because every time you move to a new state, new house is just all you have really is each other for a while until you kind of meet your own friends. So moving, it was fun though, because I've gotten. I've gotten around a lot. Obviously, I've lived in Florida, 
North Carolina, Virginia. My brother was born in Japan. I've lived overseas, so I've just been somewhere everywhere. So I've been introduced to like different cultures, different groups of people. So it's I I, I liked it to be honest. You say you lived in Japan. So how how long did you live there? And would you remember any memories from over there? I lived there when I was moved there when, we, when I was like two, okay. and we came back to the states when I was five. I don't really remember too much. I don't, to be honest. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I do. I really just remember really going to school and being around my dad because he was playing football back then, like military football stuff. That's really all I can really take from being on Japan. Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite place that you lived uh, during that time? You said Florida, Georgia, all, all the way around. Kind of. Did you have a favorite city, or do they all have something that stands out? I mean, my favorite city. Is Jacksonville because that's where I spent the most of my life. I think like ten years of my life, I've called Jacksonville home. Mm -hmm. My other favorite place was also Tampa though, because like Jacksonville's small, but that's that's my heart. That's where it belongs. So it's always Jacksonville first. But then Florida was Tampa's like a big city, so living there was kind of it was it was fun. Like it, it offered a lot, obviously. So I would say those are the top two. Gotcha. Let's get into some of the, the questions submitted by the fans on Hoist the Colors. Uh, someone asked, what NFL player or players do you try to model your game after? Anybody you really watch in the NFL that you, you like to implement? Well, I would say my favorite uh, defensive back all time is Charles Woodson. Just the way he he played, always he's always always had his hands on the ball, scored a lot of touchdowns. I want to say he's like the all-time leader in defensive touchdowns. Like he's, pick six he's and I want to say... If not one, two, it's something like that. But Charles Wilson, one of my favorites. I also like Deion Sanders from back then. That's self-explanatory. Everybody right. knows about Deion. And then right now, I would say my couple of my favorites. I like I like Jalen Ramsey. I like him a lot. At safety, I like. I also like Minka Fitzpatrick. I like him a lot too. Those are probably my two f favorite. Like, cause Jalen he plays kind of hybrid also. Like right. nigga, like I play. So I I like the tune into his highlights a lot and just to see like kind of how the style his style of play I really like like what he does he's, he's aggressive he's like to get his hands on people so I say but Jalen's my favorite right now in the league I would have to, have to say definitely a lot of good NFL DBs uh, for sure that you listed who has been the most impressive newcomer on defensively from your vantage point and you can list multiple guys or does one really stand out I would say I liked a lot I like what I've seen a lot from uh, IBM Isaiah Brown Murray, he he enrolled early in the spring out of high school. I would definitely I like what I've seen from him. He's probably been the most that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just like just the confidence he has because he's small too. He's he's undersized. So I would just the confidence he plays with. It seems like like what I've seen from him in practice. Like he just doesn't look like just another high school freshman out there. Like it right. just seems like he's been been there for a while. Yeah, I remember talking to him and his recruitment, and he always came across confident, kind of ready to go. He seems to have that swagger. Uh, any new uh, newcomers on the offensive side of the ball that have caught your eye? I mean, obviously some transfers, some freshmen that that have made some plays, but anybody making catching your attention from offense? I like what I've seen from also the running back, uh, Marlon. Marlon Gunn. I like what I've seen from him because uh, he's another one that's fresh out of high school, young. I think he's 18. He might. He probably is 18. Right. But, yeah, I'd say Marlon, I like – he's been the biggest surprise to me because, obviously, coming fresh out of high school but also playing running back. You know what? 
that's a big high school to college. That's a big transition to running back. Obviously, like the hits, you got to take pass protection, all the stuff they have to do. So I would definitely, I'd like, I'd probably say Marlon. Who's the most difficult player to go against in practice for you, if anybody? Probably Maceo. Yeah. I like, I like, because I do most of my one-on-one work in the slot, right. obviously being safety and nickel. And probably Maceo my favorite one to go against. Mm-hmm. Maceo Donald, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for him to get back from injury so we can see him out there. Um, favorite game day music or pregame rituals? Do you have anything go to before a game? Well, ritual wise, I'm more of a of a chill guy before the game. We kind of get there early. We get to locker room early, and like some people can just sit in their headphones, like with they sit in their locker with their headphones on for go. Like, I'm not the type. Like I can't. I really don't even like to really like be on the game. I'm pregame. I'm in the locker room. I'm just like talking. Right. Just having casual conversation as if like we really not even about to play. Honestly, like I'm more ch- more on the chill side. I don't like to try to make myself just be all like zoned out. Tight. Yeah, yeah, like I don't I don't like to do that. I'm gonna approach it more. I'm more relaxed. I'm I chill. And then, but music wise, I'll say I like Kodak, Kodak, Lil Baby, Herb, and Chief Keef. Those probably my four favorite to listen to like before the game. Mm-hmm. I got you in. All right, so apparently there's new alternate jerseys this year from the College of Business. People want to know, have you guys seen the jerseys? Uh, and I guess if, if so, probably don't answer the question, but have you seen the jerseys or are you guys still waiting on those uniforms? We're still waiting to see them. I've, I've seen tweets about them. Right. I've heard they look good, but we, we they haven't been presented to us yet. And do you have a favorite uniform combo from what y'all have worn the, the past few years? The past few years? I think I like... I like when we were last season when we were all white with the black helmet. With black helmet, black yeah. socks. That's we wore the uniform combo, I think we wore it to Marshall, Memphis. I think it might be it. I think I yeah, but we wore the black helmet with the all white. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Yeah, no, that's a good look. Probably my favorite as well. Uh do you have a favorite place to play or toughest place to play outside of Daddy Ficklin thus far? Like other other venues that you like, other teams? UCF, UCF, yeah, I like playing the UCF because the they had the old beaches like when it's loud, it's like rattling the sound. You can hear it from inside the locker room. I like UCF, definitely my favorite place to play. Mm-hmm. And lastly, somebody wants to know who would win a steel cage match between Mike Houston and Cliff Goblin, the head baseball, baseball coach. coach? <laughs> you can plead the fifth if you need to. And <laughs> I'm a, I'm rolling my coach. I'm rolling coach Houston. That's fair, fair. Jairo, we appreciate the time, man, and. uh Glad that uh, Hoist of Colors, ECU fans and the community can get to know you as part of the Team Boneyard Initiative. So we appreciate the time today, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is East Carolina junior defensive back Jairo Wilson. We move now to the offensive side of the football. We're going to visit with Shane Calhoun, the third-year tight end, came in with the 2020 recruiting class. He was asked to play a ton of snaps right away, did a very good job, all things considered, then grew in the weight room, grew mentally over last offseason, saw an even bigger role in many cases as a second-year player. Also really split a lot of reps with Ryan Jones and Aaron Jarman, who play a lot at the tight end position, along with a few others. So we caught up with Shane, a kid from Florida, St. Augustine, Florida, and talked about his journey to East Carolina. Also discussed his increased strength and uh, maturity in the program as he heads into year three. And we're going to hear that conversation on the other side. Let's take a quick commercial break, then we will visit with Shane Calhoun.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, I'm joined now by Shane Calhoun. He's Carolina tight end. He is in his third year with the program. He's joining us as part of the Team Boneyard Initiative, the NIL Fund, covering ECU athletics. Shane, uh, thanks for coming on the Hoist of Colors podcast. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Shane, we, we talked the other day at Media Day about some of the expectations going into the year, but I want to ask you maybe, being your third year in the program, anything different about this preseason, whether it be a vibe or just kind of the, the team morale compared to maybe the last two years? Um, I, w- I would say this year everyone's more focused on the same goal. We know what to expect when, when game times come, stuff like that. So I feel like everyone's kind of relaxed in the sense that we know what's coming and we know how to work towards it. but. It's still intense and competitive every time we step on the field. You guys at uh, tight end are as deep as I ever remember. Uh, obviously, you and Ron kind of at the top, but you, you even kind of share the room with CJ in the slot and some of the other guys. So what's it like, that competition, not only at the top with you and Ron, but kind of throughout that room on a daily basis? Um, it's, it's been fun for sure. We all push each other every day, and, you know, it's it's different bringing the slots into our rooms. We were mostly tight ends just based by ourselves last year. But, you know, it's been fun every day. We push each other, and we want to see the best out of each other. So, you know, every day we're working to try to beat each other out and just be the best every day. I see Coach Scott, Latrell Scott, the tight ends coach, teaching you guys, you know, where to line up, different formation and practice. And what, what goes into that? Because, I mean, you have to be able to, as a tight end, to play in the slot play in the backfield on the line like how much studying goes into that to know what you have to do um, a lot of studying goes into it I don't think people uh, really appreciate the tight end position as much as you know how much stuff goes into it because we have to work we have to learn the run game you know be efficient in the pass game no different coverages call out blitzes stuff like that so um, it's, it's very hard to do what we do but coach Scott does a great job of teaching us how to do it when you were a true freshman playing all those snaps like how fast was the game moving then compared to now? Uh, <laughs> my my first year was kind of crazy for me. I, I was kind of a deer in headlights, if you could call it that way. But I think uh, it was great getting that experience. I'm I'm grateful for the experience because I have a, a better grip on things now. You know, everybody coming to high school, they all want to play early. You know, you kind of have that vision as a high school star, like oh, I want to go somewhere and play early. But like, how would you maybe describe that to a young guy coming in now, trying to like fulfill that role too? Like, just how how different it can be. Uh, it's it's very different. I would say, you know, everyone coming out of high school thinks, oh, I'm ready. Like, I'll be fine. I think I'm good enough. But when you really get here and see that everyone's good, everyone's big, everyone's fast, everyone's strong, you know, it kind of takes a toll on your mental. But, you know, I think the thing that helped me out the most was just studying every night and every day and knowing my playbook so that when the time comes, I know what to do and I can play as fast as possible. Last year, you had your probably your best individual receiving game against Marshall. 
and kind of really spurred that comeback. And I think he caught like all eight targets in that game. What do you remember about that? Were you just kind of in the zone, like liking that matchup uh, leading to that comeback? You know, go, going into the week, um, I wasn't a big part of the game plan. It just kind of happened that way. You know, we we got down in the second quarter and third quarter, and you know, Holton started feeding me, and it wasn't even planned to be the way it was. But you know, I'm happy it happened that way, and I'm, I'm glad I got the opportunity to help my team. Confidence wise, like, how much does that help you? You know, at that point, you were still pretty early in your career. Like, when you have a game like that, how much does that help you? Uh, it helps a ton coming off, you know, not having maybe more than one or two catches a game to go in for such a big game and having eight catches for over 100 yards is definitely a big confidence booster. And just knowing that, you know, I can do this on any given Saturday and I'm ready to do it on any given Saturday. Let's go back to your recruitment. We, we talked kind of throughout your, your time when you were getting offered, coming on visits to East Carolina. But for those who aren't familiar, what, what led you to ECU? Because you had like over 30 offers, I want to say. And what led you to the Pirates? Um, first thing I would say, I always wanted to play in a big-time environment where the people care about football. You know, in, in Greenville, the fans really care about the football team and, and athletics in general. So that was one thing. And then the next thing that stood out to me above anything was just the family environment. Um, the coaching staff here really cared about not only me, but my family, and as well as my high school team and high school coach. So they were very interactive with the whole process, and that's what really led me over to ECU. You went to Creekside down in Florida. You know, when you – get a chance to go home how I guess kind of take us through the mindset of a, a guy who's living away from home but this is your second home now like <laughs> do you miss Florida or, or, or do you kind of have like a, a home in Greenville now uh, for the most part you know um <laughs> my freshman year I, I was pretty homesick at some points but you know after being up here for so long you kind of get used to being in Greenville and you kind of appreciate Greenville a little bit more so you know I'm always excited to go home go to the beach you know hang out with friends eat a lot of seafood but I mean Greenville is my second home have you been to the North Carolina beaches yet? I, ha- I have been to North Carolina beaches. You know, I don't think they compare to the Florida beaches, but, I mean, it's still good to see that environment, you know, since you've been gone for so long. Let's talk about uh, some of the, the questions submitted by fans for uh, ECU tight end Shane Calhoun. Uh, somebody wants to know what NFL player or players do you model your game after? Anybody at the next level you really like watching? Um, for me, I like watching Mark Andrews. Um, I like watching Darren Waller. And uh, trying to think of a third person, you know, I always watched um, Delaney Delaney Walker growing up. So those are the three people that I think I would I watch. Sometimes I even watch them before game day. So that, that's what I would say. I model my game out there. Who has been the most impressive newcomer, uh, either at your position at tight end or on offense as a whole? Uh, newcomer on offense, I would say Isaiah Winstead has probably been. You know, the most notable um, in my own position room, adding C.J. Johnson to the inside has definitely been um, another notable addition. Uh, and then defensively, ha- have you noticed any newcomers on that side of the ball? That I mean, obviously you, you're not in the room with them, but you're going against those guys every day. Um, I would say uh, the addition of Chance Bates, I go against them all the time. So I'm a little bit biased, but I say he's a pretty notable addition to this team. Um, if I had to say anybody else, this is not really an addition, but Devin King has really stepped up recently in the past couple of days, so it's been cool to see him make some plays. Most difficult player to go against in practice uh, for you? <laughs> uh, if, if you're willing to give anybody that, that moniker. You know, it, it's it's a toss-up because I, I do the run game and the pass game, so I'll give you both. Uh, run game, I would probably have to say um, Jeremy Lewis, and then in the pass game, I would probably have to say Julius Wood. Okay.
Yeah, Julius, I think he's he's got a chance to be a pretty good player uh, this year. Uh, favorite game day music uh, or pregame r- rituals for Shane Calhoun? Game day music. Um, I like listening to Little Baby before the games. Uh, pregame ritual. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have one. I mean, I definitely have one, but I can't come up with some off the top of my head. I'd, I'd have to say. Uh, wearing my socks inside out to breakfast is <laughs> a weird one that I do sometimes. How did that even get started? Do you remember? Oh, well, I remember um, growing up, I always used to wear um, my socks to breakfast. It was like me getting in the zone. I always had to wear my game socks to breakfast. And uh, one day I wore them inside out to breakfast, and my mom called me out on it, and I just let it ride. And I had a very good game that day, so hey, that's what started it. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling if it works. Um all right, so people want to know, have you guys seen the supposed new jerseys from the College of Business uh, thus far? So we have not seen the new jerseys yet. Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation on what they're going to look like, how they're going to feel, you know, how, how we can add our own accessories to make it look the best that we can, but we have not seen the new jerseys yet. So we're still waiting on that, uh, as is everybody. Uh, favorite uniform combo from, from, you know, what you guys wore last year or what you, you know you're going to wear this year? Um, for me, I like the the white on white with the black black helmet and black cleats. Um, that would probably be my favorite. Second favorite um, would probably be the all purple. Gotcha. Two solid choices. Um, I'm a big fan of the the white on white with the black tops, uh, black helmets as well. Uh, toughest place to play outside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium thus far. Do you have a favorite venue or a toughest place to play? Uh, toughest place to play. Um, Playing at Marshall was was definitely up there. I would say um, the fans at Tulsa were crazy my freshman year, and I would say playing in UCF and seeing how you know engaged the students and the fans are was pretty cool too. Yeah, Tulsa. I didn't expect that, but that's, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to have to keep that in mind next time. All right. Lastly, uh, somebody wants to know who would win a steel cage match between Mike Houston and baseball coach Cliff Goblin. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I think I think uh, you know, Cliff, Cliff Godwin. He's he's a great coach, um, but I think Mike Houston might sleep up on some people. You know, uh, so obviously I'm biased. But I'm gonna have to go with my head coach, Mike Houston. Probably the smart move, Shane. Uh, we appreciate the time, man, on the uh, Hoist the Colors podcast in partnership with Team Boneyard, and uh, we look forward to watching this season. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Again, that is third year tight end Shane Calhoun. Really have enjoyed getting to know Shane, dating back to when he first got the East Carolina offer um, back in high school. He was actually, you know, I, I thought one of the more uh, well-spoken interviews back then. He's only continued to mature since and, and really have enjoyed getting to know Shane and seeing his success. All right, we will wrap up today's interviews with sophomore Tegan Wilk. He actually came in the same class as Shane Calhoun, was one of also one of the more well-spoken players in that recruiting class from Berwick area in Pennsylvania, has had a great career thus far with the Pirates, and I think is poised for an even bigger season with ECU as he heads into year number three. So here's a conversation with Tegan Wilk. We hit on a little bit of everything here. Uh, he's got a ton of tattoos. We had some fan questions about the tattoos we also got some fan questions about his uh, his bio picture on ecupirates.com. Very serious look this year compared to past years where he was more smiling. So he kind of addressed that, talked about the meaning behind that uh, after conversations with his dad. So here is ECU sophomore safety, Tegan Wilk. 
All right, I'm joined now by Tegan Wilk, East Carolina safety. He's heading into his third year with the Pirates. Uh, he's joining the Hoisted Colors podcast as part of the Team Boneyard Initiative. Tegan, uh, we appreciate the time, and thanks for coming over. Yep, thank you for having me. Tegan, let's talk about this this preseason first. And I asked Shane, you guys came in the same recruiting class, but you know, both of you guys' third year, how would you maybe compare and contrast this preseason versus the previous two? Yeah, I think this year really was – probably the best for us um I mean the first year was like you didn't really know what to expect because you're a freshman um but last year's was I mean it was I'm not saying it was bad but this year was just everybody knew what they wanted to accomplish um and I feel like everybody had the right mindset going into it rather than uh man this is camp this sucks it's no this is camp let's get this uh let's get this work in um and let's win win the uh, championship this year you guys seven wins last year I mean you look at all the close games y'all played y'all could have beat UCF you could have beat Houston uh you know South Carolina was right there you know when y'all look at those games like how much can y'all grow from those experiences and y'all won your fair share of close games but just knowing that y'all can pull those games out if you you do you know one play here or there yeah uh yeah I mean you have one play here or there but you also have one play here or there where you lose those close games too uh, so, I mean, for me personally, I look at the games that we almost lost and, like, why did we almost lose those games? I mean, you look at Charleston Southern, like, why did we almost lose that game? There's a lot of things that can go into that, and there's a lot of things that, like, you wish you could change. But, uh, again, talking about the whole preseason thing, it's, it's focusing on the little stuff, not just, like, this game and then, oh, we have Cincinnati to play next week. You know what I mean? It's You just need to live in the moment and really – figure out what you need to fix uh on the p- last practice that you had and get the little stuff to it really is a little stuff just to make you better for the next week you know i guess it can be cliche you talk about the little stuff when you're playing like safety i mean i feel like so much goes into playing that position where if you notice the little stuff it makes a world of difference so like how much when you're watching film do those little things add up yeah i mean they're huge especially i mean the biggest thing for me when i when i personally think about little stuff is like my interception last year like I was two two steps behind the receiver just because I didn't line up correctly. You know what I mean? Like I didn't line up two yards inside the receiver. I lined it up. I lined up uh, like head up with the receiver. So uh, like that for me is just like you. It's legit two steps, and he could have caught the ball or or not. Like if you if you're not there in two steps as as a safety, it's breaking for a touchdown. So you really need to be uh, locked in. Yeah, I mean, even just focus on a little stuff in film, whether the receiver is inside foot's back or his, or his outside foot's back, and how close he is to the line, and like on or outside of numbers. Like, there's just so much involved in it, and you just need to be on your on your A game every single play. You've played Sam linebacker. You've played uh, obviously boundary safety, which you're playing a lot this preseason and will this season. You know, how much does having that position flexibility help with both knowledge of the defense and, and just kind of your, your past experiences? Like, how much have you grown from being able to play both? Yeah, uh, I would say for me, just going back from both really helped me learn the defense more than I think it would if I just stayed in one position just because I need to know the line, like the D-line's movement and, like, what gap is going to be open, what gap isn't. Like, and what like why would I need to fit fast here and not fit fast there? That's a huge thing for me, just so I, I know as even playing on the back end, like I know what the Sam's going to do. I know what the free safety's going to do. I know what the end's going to do. So I can play this a little slower because I know that. 
Uh, so that's huge. It's the same thing. Like <laughs> I keep saying the little stuff, but it really is the little stuff, man. I, I mean, like, yeah, I can't harp on it enough that like that's all coming back in year three. Like it's all just connecting together together to make it one big picture. We visited with Jower Wilson earlier. You guys are working together uh, at Buck Safety. So, what's that relationship like between you guys? How much are y'all bouncing stuff off each other? Yeah, I mean it's it's been like that for the last three years. I was here because I played Sam with him too. So it was. I feel like every year going into it, it's always with Jaira, and I think that's a great thing for me too because he's a smart football player. Uh, and no matter what happens between us we both give each other feedback and if I come to the sidelines and say hey they did this this and this well he knows that and he's going to rep that in and he's probably going to get an interception or a TFL or something to benefit our team so that's huge. We're visiting with Tegan Wilk let's go back to your recruitment process you're from Pennsylvania uh, Berwick area high school you chose to come down to East Carolina and you had family ties to ECU. You also had an offer from Iowa State. I remember they were a contender as, as well as several others. So what made the difference for ECU? Yeah, I, I was saying this earlier. Uh, it's not it's not just the whole family thing. It's it's a community as a whole. Um, I mean, being from Pennsylvania, you see a bunch of Penn State fans. and Yeah, Penn State this, Penn State that. But the pirate community is just a very intense in your face kind of community and I like that and it fit me very well uh being the player and person that I am kind of it's like in your face type uh mentality but like that that fit me more than I feel like any other school did and there's no knock on Iowa State at all because I love like I was yeah I was very close to committing there too uh but it was just yeah the feeling for East Carolina was just way different than any other school. You said uh, you came to the what UNC game, yeah, I think in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Sat yeah. in the upper deck uh, just yeah. to kind of get a feel for it. What, what was your thoughts uh, at that time? Yeah, I didn't even know who EC really was, unlike, except for like my, knowing my sister went to school there. Like, where did your sister go to school? ECU. Well, I don't really know what it was until I came down and everybody's throwing the, uh, the hooks up and screaming purple and hearing gold on the other side of the uh, – <laughs> the the field like I didn't I had no idea what it was until I came and I'm like wow this is way more intense than I've ever seen any other like quote unquote smaller school operate and yeah it's we're not re- really even a smaller school anymore in my head you know what I mean yeah uh, we're visiting with Tegan Wilk alright so we got some questions from the fans we'll start with the tattoos uh, somebody said ask Tegan all right, we've got to start with the tattoos. we also got to talk about your team picture, which uh, I tweeted out and several people did. But, uh, all right, tattoos, how many do you have? Uh, do you have a favorite one? Um, I don't know how many I have. My whole chest, like my whole body's covered that you can't see if I'm wearing a shirt. Uh, and then, like, the whole left arm except for, like, my forearms covered. And, now, well, now my leg. My whole leg is done. Uh my favorite one is the one on the inside of my arm. You can't see it now because I'm wearing long mm-hmm. sleeves. But it says, do you, with the uh, sign language, I love you symbol on top. Like, it's a crown on the D. Um, yeah, that's for my dad. Just, like, it was forever a thing. And it kind of goes to the, uh, the the picture on Twitter. Like, yeah, just be who you are and, and love yourself. Like, it's it's you and you – it's – do what you want and what makes you happy and what makes you yourself. 
So you say you want to be kind of an in-your-face intense guy. Is that the, the kind of the meaning behind the picture, too? Yeah, I mean, he was saying that uh, the guy I was talking to before on the radio, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget his name. Patrick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was like, like, well, what, like, no no smile or anything. Well, I did smile for two years. Right. Yeah. So you, you've seen that part of me. Well, now you're going to see the, uh, I feel like, the legit team look where it's, the intense part and uh, yeah i felt like it fit me very well and next year's is going to be even funnier i think <laughs> uh you also have this the ribs tattoo truth right yeah. so yeah. I, how painful was that it was painful and i all right so a lot of a lot of people listening are probably like this kid has truth tattooed on his stomach which is a lot of pe- right. what uh people think like okay that's kind of weird like why do you wear have truth well all right i'm gonna put the meaning behind it so when Jesus was getting hung, hung on the cross, he said, I am the truth. Right. So that's kind of the uh, uh, symbolic version of why I got it. I have the phoenix above that for, like, the rising of the ashes. Uh, and I have a couple more, like, Jesus and whatnot mm-hmm. on my body. So I'm not saying I'm the truth. It's, it's not for that uh, at all. But, yeah, it was very painful. It was about a 10-hour session. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I don't have any tattoos, but I've watched like Ink Master and some of the, yeah. the shows, so uh, I can't imagine uh, the pain, but that's awesome, man. All right, uh, NFL players, you model your game after. Do you have any that you grew up watching or still watch? Yeah, um, I was named after George Teague. I don't know if you know who that is or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude that, you know, remember when uh, Terrell and spiked the ball on the star? Oh, yeah. Yeah, George Teague was the dude who hit him. Uh, but me personally, I like, I mean, growing up, you see a lot of people, um, but Troy Polamalu plays fast. Plays, uh, I mean, he's not even a big guy. Obviously, you got to shout out to uh, Tyron Matthew because he's another small guy that, like, like I'm not gonna model myself after somebody that's gyro size. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a smaller safety, uh, white kid too. So like, like, there's just a lot of things that you just need to factor in. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's one person per se or a group of people. I just think it's collectively just playing guys that just play their heart out and play like there's no going to be no play after this one. You know what I mean? Who has been the most impressive newcomer either at safety uh, with you or along the defense overall? Uh, newcomer at safety, we have uh, Brandon Higgs. I think he came a long way. I also think Devin King actually really stepped up his game this this preseason, uh, just working with Devin is is good, just because I can get my uh, intel into his head too, and he gets a bunch of uh, knowledge through that. Uh, offensively, I wouldn't say a huge newcomer, but uh, I think Brock is really, really good. I think he's going to shock a lot of people in the future. Um, just being that he doesn't, I mean, you don't look at the kid and you're like, wow, he's going to be an athletic freak. But he runs some crispy routes, you know what I mean? And he's he's kind of like a, the Tyler Sneed now, I guess. It's just that he's just a small white kid that just gets open, you know what I mean? It's, and I think he's doing a great job, and he can keep it up. Most difficult player to go against in practice, if you're willing to, to give that to anybody? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players on our team now that, like, there's not one person that you line up against in our ones where – it's an easy day, you know what I mean? Whether it's Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun, those are the two that I try to go against in, like, one-on-ones and stuff just because it's, like, in the slot. Or, like, C.J. Johnson. I mean, obviously, y'all know what C.J. can do. Um, 
Yeah, I would say either one of those three can go either way, uh, depending on the day that you have. Um, yeah, but everybody that goes with our ones right now is super hard to guard. Favorite game day music or pregame r- rituals that you have? I listen to uh, a lot of calming stuff on game day, actually. I don't listen to anything that really hypes me up. Um, but I like Love Yours by J. Cole. I actually have that, that song tattooed on my body. Um right next to a, sim- a symbol that uh, means family that everybody in my family has um yeah I, I i like that song before game day because it makes me realize uh kind of like what i came from and who i do before you know what i mean jara says he just walks around like he he pretends it's not even really like a game day do you yeah. see that from him <laughs> yeah i don't really watch other people i, I probably should just to like get everybody like motivated for the right. games but i mean yeah no i kind of say it to myself too uh and yeah you really i mean as a player you really don't like well for me yeah yeah you don't really think it's game day until you're in up the tunnel and you see fifty thousand people in the stands yeah <laughs> it's gotta be a crazy feeling all right so have people or people want to know have you guys seen the new jerseys uh shane and jara both said no so i'm guessing you have not as well yeah i have not i wish i did i wish i had the inside scoop on everything but yeah no i haven't seen them i'm hoping they're good though yeah let's hope so uh favorite uniform combo from what you guys wore last year i like the black helmet I, i'm a big fan of black helmets especially the matte black i like black helmets uh and the all white but i heard that we might be getting white helmets so i hope that an all white look will be nice so i'm looking forward to that people said people did want me to ask do you like the thought of white helmets and i i love them some people don't like them but you like the thought of it yeah i really like the thought of white helmets and people could be superstitious but i'm a very superstitious person myself and I also try every – I wear the same stuff every game day, but I also try to incorporate one new thing. And if that works, you just keep it going. And it might not be that thing. Maybe it was a different – maybe it was the socks that the other teams in the White Helmets wore, you know, that made them lose those games. Right. You know what I mean? It might not be the White Helmets. The White Helmets might – if you don't wear the White Helmets, maybe you would have lost by uh, more. You know what I mean? So maybe it was the white helmets that kind of saved you from a really big blowout. I'm going to say that it wasn't the white helmets. Uh, people thought that the all purple was cursed for years, and then ECU started yeah. to beat everybody in that. So, you know. But, hey, superstition, people are going to be superstitious. Yeah. So, uh, Toughest place to play or favorite venue outside of Daddy Ficklin Stadium for you thus far? Um, uh, toughest place? I don't know because the first two years oh, – yeah, the first year was – COVID. Yeah, COVID. So you really can't see anything. But I, I like Cincinnati's um, stadium a lot. Even when I was going to recruit it, I really like Cincinnati's stadium. Um, but I also didn't think I was going to like Memphis's, but I like Memphis's right. crowd a lot too. Uh, UCF is probably the, the best just because you walk out of the, the locker room and see the, uh, the uh, bleachers bouncing. Right. So that's probably good. I like that. Holden said the turf in Memphis was pretty rough. Yeah, Do you it was remember not that? Good. Yeah, it was really not good. I had to, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good at all. But hopefully they change it. Yeah, hopefully so by, by the time uh, ECU makes that trip again. All right, last question. Who would win a steel cage match between Mike Houston and ECU baseball coach Cliff Goblin? Oh, man. <sighs> I got to go with Coach Houston. Yeah. yeah just because if I don't, it'll, it'll look bad on the program. 
Uh, I'll take Coach Houston over anybody. Put Mike Tyson in there, and Coach Houston will win. <laughs> probably, probably the smart smart move, but I had to ask it. Tegan, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, great to get to know you, and, and obviously I think a lot of Pirate fans uh, enjoy watching you play, and we're looking forward to seeing you this season. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's Tegan Wilk. That is ECU safety Tegan Wilk, and that will do it for our interviews today on the Hoist of Colors podcast. As we sit here on Monday, August the 22nd, we are 12 days away from kickoff between East Carolina and NC State. Uh, not too much NC State talk, of course, in the interviews, uh, still wrapping up preseason camp, but also we will really turn our focus to NC State towards the end of this week on this podcast, and also the team, of course, is already preparing for the Wolfpack, but next week will be full-fledged NC State talk. Later this week, we're going to have our season predictions preview podcast where we make some bold predictions, also make some over-under picks as well ahead of the 2022 ECU football season. So I hope you guys enjoy the interviews. Again, check out teamboneyard.org for the NIL initiative supporting ECU athletics. We'll continue to feature some players, I think, throughout the season, working on an exact schedule still, but um, we'll continue to feature some players in partnership with Team Boneyard throughout the year for ECU football and maybe other sports as well. Thank you guys for listening to the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll talk to you next time. relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.